This is Eighth Day Encouragement, a recap of the Sunday service, offering hope and faith from the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. You can find us online at holytrinity-nyc.org. This year for Easter, we've been using the Gospel of Mark instead of the more familiar, for many of us, Gospel of John. You probably know John's Gospel. John gives us all the details that lend themselves to great art. Mary Magdalene goes to the garden where the tomb of Jesus was, but she found it empty. Mary spoke with the gardener until she heard her name from him and realized that it was Jesus. But that's not today's Gospel. Today's is from Mark, thought to be the very first Gospel. Mark's account of the life of Jesus is shorter, it's unembellished, and it's a little dark. Just as Jesus dies alone on the cross in Mark's crucifixion, with Mary's visit on Easter morning, there's fear at the beginning, in the middle, and a little bit still at the end. Many of us are familiar with that acronym of FEAR, F-E-A-R, representing forget everything and run. Some of the disciples seem to have done just that. Then when we're afraid, there's always that option of just staying in bed or running away. But if we think about the many times in scripture that God or an angel or Jesus says, fear not, those words come in the midst of action that has already begun. The person being told those words has not run away, but is still there and there's still a little bit of fear. God says, don't be afraid, all the while knowing, understanding, perhaps even sharing a little in our experience that even with faith, we may still have some fear. What this means, I think, is that God calls us not to be fearful, not to be fearless, but to be a little of both, to be fearsome. Fearsomeness is the quality of being able to cause fear, to instill fear, but it also carries with it a slight sense of one's still being afraid. F-E-A-R can also stand for face everything and rise. As a church, we're called to be fearsome. Even though the past sins of of denominations and so-called organized religion can sometimes cause us to get tongue-tied, we can quietly and faithfully continue to speak our truth and offer our experience. In the face of corporate greed and economic amnesia, we can speak out. And if we're not heard at the ballot box, we can make the voice of faith heard at the cash register. We can be fearsome if we allow the Holy Spirit to ignite us. As a parish, we're called to be fearsome, to get more deeply involved in our community and city in the days ahead, to take on even more creatively the issues that are on our front doorstep as well as those on the other side of the world. As individuals, we're called to be fearsome. Now granted, I don't sit at your desk and I don't know your colleagues or have your boss or deal with your neighbors or your in-laws or your family, but I do know this. For all of us, sometimes fear can be a means of avoidance. And if we avoid too much of life, we'll miss the miracles. 
In a New York Times article for April 4th, 2021, the Reverend Esau Macaulay, an Anglican priest who teaches at Wheaton College, articulates this idea of being fearsome as he ponders the place of faith and Easter, especially as we move through the pandemic. He writes from his own experience uh, as an African-American growing up in the black church and the Baptist tradition. Um, he talks about uh, the ladies at church who wear hats and dress up and the, the tendency to try to balance the, the, the social and party atmosphere of church going with the hard work of being a witness. <clears throat> he writes that as people begin to plan for the other side of the pandemic, a lot of people are already planning travel and parties. Parties have their place, he agrees. But Macaulay writes, we are also returning to a world of hatred, cruelty, division, and a thirst for power that was never quarantined. This period under pressure has freshly thrown into relief the fissures in the American experiment. He goes on to write, as we leave the tombs of quarantine, a return to normal would be a disaster unless we recognize that we are going back to a world desperately in need of healing. The weight of this work fills me with a terrifying fear, he says, especially in light of all those who have done great evil in the name of Jesus, who is worthy of such a task. Well, like the women who went to the tomb of Jesus, the scope of it leaves me too often with a stunned silence. We could stay in that silent place, but that's not um, Esau Macaulay's point at all. He's calling us also to a new kind of fearsomeness in faith, uh, to move forward with the love of Christ. This resurrected love that faces down death itself can help us in the face of all our fears. Asking Jesus for help to hold on to us in the face of fear is the very first tiptoe of a step then after we gain a little confidence and we move forward with Christ and then we begin to get scared again, well, then we pray even harder to him and speak those fears and pray that Christ would move us further ahead. On and on we go. And this is the life of faith, not in absolute opposition to fear, but moving through fear, just like we move through joy and sadness and gratitude and heartbreak, even through death itself, until with Christ, with angels and archangels and saints and martyrs and all those we've known of, of every time and place, the holy and the unholy of every age, and we ourselves to experience resurrection to eternal life. May the Spirit help us to be fearsome in our faith. Alleluia, Christ is risen, the Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Let us pray. Almighty God, who through your only begotten Son, Jesus Christ, overcame death and opened to us the gate of everlasting life, grant that we who celebrate with joy the day of the Lord's resurrection may be raised from the death of sin by your life-giving Spirit. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The choir sings, Salvation is Created, music by Pavel Chesnikov, who died in 1944. It's based on chant melody from Kiev. 
The text, a version of Psalm 74, sings, Salvation is created in midst of the earth, O God, our God. Alleluia. You've been listening to Eighth Day Encouragement. The eighth day is a Monday after the seven days of the week, but the eighth day also stands as a new creation outside the pattern of the usual seven. And so the eighth day symbolizes resurrection, hope, and the possibilities for new life. 
I'm John Bedingfield, the priest and rector at the Church of the Holy Trinity, Manhattan. I hope you'll come and visit us in person one day, but you can also worship with us through Facebook Live, follow us on YouTube, and learn more at holytrinity-nyc.org. God bless you this week and always.